Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 28. <clears throat> and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourselves. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no one besides him. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all the strength, and to, to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? David himself and the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put enemies, <clears throat> enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. Lord, we just come before you. We thank you for your word. <clears throat> we ask that, God, that you would speak through it. We just ask for your Holy Spirit to just come and speak through your word and teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you a few observations from this text. And I say observations because that's really kind of how you study the Bible. You read it, you observe it, you interpret it, and then you apply it to your life. And so I want to just talk by just talking about what are the observations from this text. And the first one I want us to look at is, and here is this scribe. And a scribe is an incredibly intelligent man. He knows the Word of God. And here's this scribe, and it seems that this scribe is something different than we've seen throughout all the scripture, that this scribe actually seems like he's genuine. Like he really wants to know. And not only is he asking genuinely, he's asking a pretty genuine question. And like, which one of these, God, I have all of these commandments, out of all of these commandments, which one's the most important? Now, I can understand him saying that because there was only 600 laws that they, the Pharisees and the scribes had put together that were a part of the law. And so the question would be, in their mind, in his mind, is, man, this just seems so complex. You ever been in that point in your life where you're like, man, you kind of maybe you have gone through religion and you've gone through all kinds of different steps and some of you have come from all different types, Catholic, Lutheran, I mean, you name it. And it all is like, wow, this all really seems complex. 
But when you ask the king of kings, what's the most important thing? When you boil it all down, what's the most important thing? And he looks at you and he says, the most important thing is this, is that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. That's really baffling to me. And I, I say that because when you think about it, here is the king of the universe who spoke his words and he spoke and he created the world. And he says, the most important thing is for you to love me. One of the observations is this, is that we have a God who the most important thing to him is relationship with him. Do you realize that God values relationship above everything else? Ten years, about 10 years ago, the Lord called me to step out of, of ministry. And it was really weird. I'll just be honest. I mean, if I felt like the Lord had said, hey, this is what I want you to do. And he pulled me aside and said, I want you to step out. And I, in the midst of that, it's kind of a weird setting. When you're a pastor and you've been doing a, being a pastor for a very long time, there's a lot of things that you kind of like become used to. You become used to of, uh, of wanting to please people. You, you want to be liked. You want to be, um, your identity gets kind of surrounded around people. And so this whole point when I got set aside and it's like, okay, Lord, what are you going to do? He began to do this work and reveal this stronghold in my life. And it's a stronghold When I mean a stronghold, is I mean that something that is not healthy, is not something good. It's a sin in your life where you're focused upon yourself and the enemy uses it against you. And what he began to teach me was this, is that God, what he wanted for me, he wanted me to understand completely was is that he didn't love me for what I was going to do. He loved me for who I am. And that the most important thing is that he was concerned about was our relationship together. Not what I could do for him. And we have that really difficult time. I had a really difficult time just saying, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be with you. My identity is not going to be in what I'm doing for you. My identity is going to be in my relationship with you. We struggle with that. I struggle with that. I think it's amazing that the God of the universe wants to have a relationship with you and with me. Personal relationship. The second thing he says is this, is that to love your neighbor as yourself. That's, you know, the second thing. So God's really into this relationship thing. He's like, 
everything. I want my relationship vertically. And then, by the way, I want you to have relationship horizontally with the people that God has placed in your, in, in your sphere of influence. Right? God has placed family, friends, co-workers. I mean, we could just go on and on. But there is divine appointment of each person that God's places in your life. There's purpose behind it. And He wants you to love them more than you love yourself. As you love yourself. The, third, the next observation is that there is specific importance of one and two, right? The most important thing is that our love for the Lord. See, there's this importance of this is that we have a tendency in our life is that we want our relationships to go really well. And so because we like to control things, because we like things to be a certain way, we try and control relationships. And we try and make them a certain way. And we try and love people in a certain way. But the reality is, is that when it has come around, and it's, when it's under our strength and under our own power, what happens is this, is that we begin to love people with a love that is selfish. It's focused around me, what you can do for me, what I can get out of it. Whereas God wants us to love completely differently. And so when we recognize this, is that God says, here's what I need you to do, I need you to understand this, is that loving me has to come first in your life. Everything else changes when you love him first. If you read in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, if you have it in your Bible, turn to it, it's extremely important. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. What does that mean? It means that you have the inability to love on your own. True love, how God intended. But when you're born of God, God gives you the ability to love. And when he gives you the ability to love, he begins you the ability to love others in that way. And it changes how you love. It changes your relationship. When people come to me and they say, and they're struggling in their marriage, here's the first question you're going to be asked. So if you ever come to me, this is the first question you're going to get asked. How is your relationship with God? Are you walking with him? Because God has the ability is that when I am in communion with him, he has the ability to speak into my heart by his spirit and touch the areas where I'm wrong. And he does it from the inside. And So when you have that working in you, it changes things. We have to keep the order correct in our lives of loving him first and others second. Now, as you look at this scribe, this scribe goes through it and he's like, what does he say? Oh, Jesus, you're right. No. When has that ever happened? 
that a scribe actually says you're right. It doesn't. Which makes you want to think that this guy is truly genuine. This guy is truly like, man, you're right. You, you, you have said it correctly. This is, what's, this is the truth. He had it. He felt it in his heart. That's right. And Jesus looks at him, and he says what? You're not far from the kingdom of heaven. Now, I think that he probably said that, and I think if you were to look at that, it's like he had a genuine desire, and he had a genuine heart. But let me ask you this. Here's what I would be doing in that scenario. What do you mean not far? I'm not in it? Can you imagine, like, that's what, it, what in the world? How could I just be not there? I want to be in the very center of the kingdom of God. I don't want to be this close, by the way. Oh, wow, you almost made it. Like, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. Not in the kingdom. You're either in the kingdom or you're not. But the idea of his was that, that you're close, meaning that your heart is asking genuine, right questions. So what was he missing? What are your thoughts? What do you think? Why do you think there, was, there had to be something that was missing? Because he was not all the way there. He agreed with Jesus, but he wasn't all the way there. Jesus asked the question, and Jesus, he asked the question about David. How can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. What is he saying? You don't understand about David. David recognized that from the line of his kin and from his kingdom, there will be a Messiah, and that Messiah will be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he was calling him Lord. And he had a relationship by faith in that Messiah. The problem with the scribes of that day, the problem that sometimes we have, is the fact that they miss it they missed the fact that Jesus was the Lord and that they had to come to this point in their life where they said, Jesus, you are Lord. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says this. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There is a point in our life where we have to actually come into relationship with God and it comes through confessing that Jesus is Lord. Believing that he died on the cross for our sins. Believing that he rose from the grave. And I am saying, you are are my Lord. I want you to come live inside of me.
Do you realize that that is the very point when the relationship starts? I kind of have this mental picture of this scribe, and he's like, just like a little kid in a candy store, and he's looking through the window at all everybody enjoying the candy, but he's never gone in. Some of you are in this place right now where you have literally been watching. You've been watching. You've been going to different places. Maybe you're going to different churches. Maybe you come from different churches. But you have gone all places and you've been watching this whole thing and you've never confessed that Jesus is Lord. You've never come to the point where you defined your relationship with Him by saying, I'm going to come into a relationship with you. I confess you are my Lord. You died for me. That is where it starts. And I'm going to say this, that Jesus died on the cross to set you free. And so from here on out, we have the ability to love God. Before that, you don't have the ability to love God. Your only thing in your life is yourself. I'm just being honest. That's who I am. Without God, it's me. Me, me, me. All I do is me. And I can do really good things, but I'm doing them for the wrong reasons so that I feel good about myself. But when you follow the Lord and you confess Him as Lord, He begins to change your heart and your life. And you have the ability to love Him. And now you can make decisions and choices and be intentional about loving him. Let me explain. Love is intentional. When you love your wife, you decide that I'm going to show her intentionality. I'm going to set aside a night and I'm going to go on a date with her. I'm going to put it into my calendar. Guys, are you taking notes? I'm going to set aside time to be with her. And when she gets that, she goes, wow, I really feel loved. And there are things that need to go on in your life where you're like, now I need to make sure that I am being intentional about loving God. Matter of fact, it needs to become the very central question in your mind. As I am going through my life and I am putting together the schedule, am I loving God more through my life? You can fill your calendar with everything and pretty soon you don't show Him love at all. I'm just being real because this is where I'm at. If I don't go to bed early, I can't get up early to spend time with him. If, I mean, there's all kinds of decisions that we make, and all of them are to be ran through loving Jesus and loving him more. I can just say this, is that loving him I think the one thing that we struggle with is this, 
and I say we, is that we struggle trusting Him with every part of our being. We struggle with Him saying, I'm going to surrender my life to you. Because we don't necessarily trust that what He's going to do is right. Even though, personally, every time I do, He comes through. Even though every time I spend time with Him, at the end, I'm like, man, that was so much better than watching a movie. Even though, I mean, I could just keep going. But that's what God's calling us to. The end of this year, at the beginning of the fall, we are starting off our life groups. And this is not a pitch for life groups. I'm just to tell you this, is that we just are trying to focus life groups around these concepts of loving God with all of our heart. With reaching our community and building community in a horizontal loving one another in a way that's beyond that and also reaching into our community and and caring and and bringing the, the lost in and we desire that every person in this room and and it's a commitment it's a commitment to make every week and say i'm going to follow christ i'm going to go even when it's hard you know what you have an enemy that is going against you that is trying extremely hard to make sure you don't do the right things. To make sure that you don't love God. And so you have to work hard against it. And you have to fight for it. I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask the, the, the musicians to come up. I'm going to say this, is that Jesus is worthy of it all. He's worthy of every part of your being. All of your strength, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your heart. He's worthy of it all. If you are here today and you have never surrendered your life to Christ, you're like the guy who's peeking in the window It's like, I like this stuff. But you've never surrendered to him and you've never entered into relationship with him. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a song together. And I want you to just pray this prayer. And they're just going to keep it up there for a while. I want you to pray this prayer to the Lord as we are singing and just ask him to come into your life, to start a relationship with him so that now you can begin this whole thing of loving Him with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength.